welcome to Positively West Virginia, where each week we share positive stories about successful West Virginia businesses making a difference in our great state. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WV News, United Bank, Mylin, and Interaction Media. Now, let's get down to business with your host, Jim Matuga. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Positively West Virginia. Each week on our podcast, we interview West Virginia business leaders and share their business success stories with thousands of listeners just like you in West Virginia and the Mountaineers all across America. We publish these stories on iTunes and through strategic print publications such as the State Journal, as well as numerous news websites throughout West Virginia. Our goal is to help educate and inspire our audience, people just like you who are interested in West Virginia business, with these positive business stories. This week, my special guest is John Deskins, Ph.D. at West Virginia University. John, are you ready to get down to business? Absolutely. Looking forward to it. All right, John. I'm so glad you're on our show today. John Deskins, Ph.D., serves as Assistant Dean for Outreach and Engagement, Director of the Bureau of Business and Economic Research, and as a professor of of econ- associate professor of economics in the College of Business and Economics at West Virginia University. He leads the Bureau's effort to serve the state of West Virginia by providing rigorous economic analysis and macroeconomic forecasting to business leaders and policymakers across the state. Of course, he received his PhD in economics from the University of Tennessee. John Deskin's academic research has focused primarily on economic development, small business economics, and government tax expenditure policy, ex- uh, primarily at the U.S. state level. He has delivered more than 100 speeches to businesses and government and community groups, and his quotes have appeared in numerous media outlets, such as the New York Times, the Washington Post, Bloomberg, CNBC, National Public Radio, and PBS, just to name a few. He has served as the principal investigator or co-principal inv- investigator on more than $1 million in funded research. And I will say John is a real thought leader in West Virginia, especially when it comes to economic uh, outlook and policy. If you've ever been to one of the WVU's um, Economic Outlook Conference Series around the state, you've seen him in action, making complex research uh, information, uh, especially on the economic level, understandable just to just the average person, just like me. And he does an awesome job with that. He's very humorous and uh, brings a great uh, perspective to it. Since 1994, if, if you're not aware of this, business and community leaders across uh, West Virginia have attended these conferences annually. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we go along in this episode to obtain detailed and reliable forecasts for the national and state economies analysis of uh, recent national and state trends, and discussion of economic issues of interest. Each conference uh, features WVU, BBER, and national economists, along with business and community leaders speaking. So, John, that's a lot of information right there. Take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro, and give us a little behind-the-scenes look into your personal life. Oh, sure. Well, thanks for that introduction. That was a fantastic introduction. Thank you. And I'll just say that AirPoint here, uh, you know, our purpose here in the WVU Bureau of Business and Economic Research is to provide, you know, the data, the research, and the analysis uh, in a very objective, nonpartisan, uh, kind of third-party way um, so that our business leaders, government leaders, community leaders have the real information that they need to, uh, to take West Virginia forward. You know, economic data are very complicated, and it takes a lot to walk through those data. 
So, uh, so our role is to make it, you know, understandable to everybody, so our leaders all understand and can make the right decisions to take West Virginia forward. So we don't have to rely on anecdotal accounts or or broken uh, pieces of data from uh, from from various sources. So we're we're really, you know, proud that we serve that role in the state, and we, you know, we think it's a privilege to to have that uh, that perspective. Um, Absolutely, John. How long? You want to hear about how long? How long have you been in West Virginia now? Uh, this is my sixth year here on the faculty at WVU. Uh, hmm. I got my PhD in, in economics from the University of Tennessee in 2005, yeah. Yeah. and I served on the faculty uh, as an economics professor at Creighton University in Omaha, Nebraska, for eight sure. years. Then I moved here, uh, moved back home in uh, 2013, and really happy to to be around in West Virginia. That's awesome. Now, where are you from originally? Well, I'm from originally southwestern Virginia. My home is about 45 minutes off of the kind of southernmost, uh, you know, point in West Virginia. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm officially from uh, originally from Virginia. I live in West Virginia now, but I consider myself to be at home because, you know, my family settled in that area long before the state separated, and the states were together for longer than they've been apart. So, right. I consider myself to be at home. Awesome, man. Well, listen, I, I've, I've gotten to see you speak many times. I've running, you know, we've crossed paths numerous times throughout the years, and I've always wanted to ask you this. But how did you get started in the field of economics? What what kind of got you into this whole con, you know, this whole industry? Well, boy, I can ramble on about this forever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it all started in college. Uh, in college, I started out as an 18-year-old. I didn't really know what I wanted to do or what I wanted to major in. I took a bunch of different classes, of course, uh, and I actually kind of pride myself on having an open mind. I went into the different classes trying to try, trying to find something new and trying to find what really suits me. Uh, when I took the two basic economics courses, um, you know, 201, 202, whatever they are, uh, it, it really jumped out at me. I said, wow, these courses, uh, you know, really make sense to me. Hmm. And these courses are very useful in really understanding a lot of what you observe in the world around you. I mean, these courses just, just drew me in. So, uh, you know, shortly after that, I declared an econ uh, as a minor. Then I changed my mind and I said, oh, I should actually just major in econ. And then not long after that, I said, well, I think I'm just going to go and get a Ph.D. in economics. And, uh, you know, I've never turned back. I mean, I've always felt like the discipline is so, you know, so useful and so uh, practical in so many ways in helping us understand what we see in the world around us. Absolutely. Well, we all can have our own opinion, you know, about what's happening here, what's happening there, what this trend might be. But what you do is bring science to it. Right. And and that's what I love about it. And it's like, you know, you can't really argue the facts. Right. Well, yeah, and that's what we're really doing. I mean, we're trying to provide the, the facts to everyone. So everyone has the facts. We mm-hmm. know, you know, what GDP growth is. We know what unemployment mm-hmm. is. We know right. what's happened to job growth. We all have the same facts. And then we can look at different policies and, and, you know, different questions or different suggestions about how to improve the economy. And we can debate. There's plenty of room for debate and disagreement. But at least we're trying to keep everybody on the same foundation so that everybody has the basic facts right. So we're kind of uh, arguing from from a common foundation of, of, of factually correct information. Absolutely. John, you know, just kind of a, a big picture, 30,000-foot view of West Virginia right now. What what would you say is the, the one thing that you're most excited about the West Virginia economy right now? Well, I mean, just the, the background context is between 2012 and 2016, our state suffered greatly, right? Everybody yeah. knows this, but yeah. uh, the numbers certainly support that. Mm-hmm. Overall, we lost about 26,000 jobs between 2012 and 2016. And, of course, during that time, every year we're asking ourselves, 
you know, when are we going to hit bottom? When are we going to hit bottom? When are we going to start growing again? Uh, that mm-hmm. finally came at the end of 2016 and, you know, beginning, you know, late that year and, of course, throughout 2017, we've been growing. And we've been growing at a pretty good rate, uh, you know, by many measures. Uh, so we lost 26,000 jobs. And so now, you know, a year and a half into it or a little bit more than a year and a half into it, we have added back now more than 7,000 jobs. Uh, we're, clearly, we're going in the right direction. The momentum is positive. The momentum is carrying us in the right direction. And, you know, we, we've made back a good chunk of those jobs that we lost. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, you know, we still have a long way to go. Uh, you know, I'm excited that we're moving in the right direction. I'm excited that the numbers are, 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 are looking positive. But we still have a long ways to get to where we need to be to kind of really enjoy the level of prosperity that we would hope in West Virginia. So we, we need to celebrate the successes that we've had, but we still need to remain diligent to make sure that we uh, press forward to promote the state's economy. Absolutely. I, I love that. And that's a great uh, you know, summary. You know, I've kind of, I've heard, I heard you speak a couple of weeks ago at the Alignment uh, 18 conference in Morgantown, and that was, that was one of the things that I got from it was a sense of optimism. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, obviously, our yeah. show our shows positively West Virginia, but, you know, obviously we, we have to deal with facts. And, you know, the reality is, is that there are pockets of, of growth that are really, really substantial. And then other areas of our state that are, are still haven't, you know, caught up to speed. Can you kind of talk a little bit about those different regions of the state and like what's doing good and what's not doing so well? Well, absolutely. So we have a lot to celebrate, but we still have a lot of reasons to be cautious. Uh, so I said, you know, I said that we've added back more than 7,000 jobs now since we started growing. But, 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 but the basic point is the job growth uh, and just overall economic gains in general are very concentrated uh, in terms of industry and in terms of um, geographic region. Yeah. Uh, the job growth that we've seen so far, the overall economic growth that we've seen so far has been uh, very much significantly driven by energy, by a, a bounce back in coal, and by uh, you know healthy growth in natural gas production. So energy and construction projects that are largely related to energy, that's by far the biggest driver of the growth that we've seen. Uh, and that's good, but we want industrial diversification. We want the energy to be growing, but we want other sectors of the economy to be growing as well. So we really have to focus on industrial diversification because we don't want to just rely on one super sector like energy. Mm, But then in addition, we we have eight counties in West Virginia that have actually grown by more than 7,000 jobs, meaning that the other 40-some counties have actually lost jobs on, on balance. Uh, you know, many of those other 40-some counties are flat, and several of them have continued to decline. So, so the job growth is very, you know, very geographically concentrated. So, so we need to celebrate that, but we also need to focus on how can we get this prosperity to expand to other parts of the state. Right, absolutely. I like the way you break it down into um, the different regions, like the Southern Coalfield region, the New River Gorge area. Can you kind of talk a little bit about those regions and, and some of those counties that, you know, the eight counties that are prospering? Or, you know, that's, that's kind of you know, shed the light on that and so people can kind of get a sense of where the growth is happening. Sure. I mean, just as a very general rule, if you just draw a line east to west right in the middle of the state, uh, most of the counties north of that line are stable or growing. Most of the counties south of that line are either are either kind of stagnant or in decline. Again, that's a general characterization, but sure. that's it's pretty accurate though. Just a straight east-west line, what right in the middle of the state. That's what you see. Yep. Um, 
but the most prosperous parts of the state are, are the eastern panhandle. The eastern panhandle, especially Jefferson and uh, Berkeley counties, yep. those counties have been very prosperous for a long time. Tremendous mm-hmm. growth over there. Yeah. Uh, north central West Virginia is prosperous here in Mon County and around the Mon County area. Mm-hmm. Uh, prosperity for a variety of reasons there. And then in the northwestern part of the state, we have several what I call gas boom counties, counties that are doing really well because <laughs> yeah. of the gas boom. Especially, sure. Basically pick out a county like Marshall County, for mm. example. Marshall County has been doing extremely well uh, you know, because of the, the really high level of drilling activity taking place over there and the high level of construction activity as well that's tied into the, to the gas. So um, you know, that's the overall uh, recap. I mean, the, yep. the part of the state that has suffered the most has been southwestern West Virginia. Yep. Uh, many of your viewers may, or many of your listeners may have heard me say this before, but we have five counties in uh, southwestern West Virginia that have been in a Great Depression. We have mm. five counties that have lost, over a certain window of time, they lost at least 25% of their jobs. Wow. Um, we, we had one county, just Mingo County, it lost just over 40% of its jobs mm. over a certain window of time. So those counties we have to focus on you know, the most fundamental uh, components of economic development when we think about you know, rebuilding those counties. Yep. But uh, you know, we're really a diverse state. I haven't really tested this, but just my hunch is uh, I think West Virginia is one of the most diverse states in terms of economic prosperity versus uh, economic uh, suffering mm. from from county to county. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I wonder, like, just from your perspective, you know, why why is that? Is it a geographic thing? Is it, you know, access? Uh, what What are some of the things that you think are at play in, in that? Well, part of it is their reliance on energy. I hate to keep talking no, no, about energy just, yeah. in this interview, but yeah, I mean, no, so much is, of our economy yeah, relates right. to energy. So coal jobs, but, basically. Uh, I mean, in the southwestern part of the state, I mean, the problem is that that area is so rugged. Yeah. Uh, when you get down there, you yeah. know, everybody knows it's very mountainous. Many parts are just kind of straight up and down. Mm-hmm. And, the you know, the infrastructure is very limited. So, um, you know, th- some of those counties have been so heavily reliant on coal um, and then the loss, I mean, you know, go, go to Boone County, for example, go mm-hmm. to Boone County a few years back. You look at over half the jobs in the county were coal-related jobs, yep. overwhelming reliance on coal. But, uh, but, but the losses in coal that we saw nationally were actually pretty much concentrated in central Appalachia, in southern West Virginia and eastern Kentucky. Uh, it's because of the nature of the coal there. I won't get into all that detail, but, but, uh, but, but those counties were very much concentrated in coal. The losses were concentrated there, thus the counties are thrust into a Great Depression. Yeah. Uh, the gas oh. boom, uh, the gas boom, on the other hand, that's largely centered on the northwestern part of the state, and you know, so that's bringing a prosperity there. Um, but we ha- we have a lot of other differences as well. I mean, in the eastern part of the state, we have so many areas that have uh, you know just amazing scenic uh, natural beauty, and there's so much potential for tourism in many of our counties, especially our eastern counties. Uh, you know, we're diverse for a whole host of reasons, I yeah. guess I'm saying. Yeah, no, that's great. I had um, a couple of months ago, I had uh, uh, Brandon Dennison from Coalfield Development Corporation. Are you familiar uh-huh. with those guys and what they're doing? Sure. I, I, I'm, absolutely. I've met Brandison, uh, Brandon and really uh, excited about what they're doing. Yeah, so... You know, that, that's an area of, you know, like entrepreneurship, you know, like it's kind of like social entrepreneurship where they're actually trying to make a difference in those southern coalfield counties and bringing entrepreneurial jobs uh, back to that area, which is, I think, is a pretty neat thing. You talked about diversification, you know, and I thought it was funny uh, in your talk I heard, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, you said it's clear that we have to have diversity 
but how do we get diversity? I don't know. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, I kind of paraphrasing what you said, but you know, it's. It, talk, can you talk a little bit about you know diversification of our economy and what your thoughts are on that? Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, the, the, again, the basic context is we really need to diversify our economy. We we want energy. You know, diversification doesn't mean take away energy and replace it with one other thing. Right, that's right. not diversification. Diversification means we want energy to be strong, but we also want manufacturing and tourism and many other sectors to be strong as well because we don't want all of our eggs in one basket. We want several super sectors that are healthy. So if one suffers for some reason, we still can have overall economic prosperity. But we desperately, desperately need to focus on industrial diversification. But I don't think anybody really knows how to achieve that. I mean, I, I conduct studies on uh, you know, this particular industry or this particular, particular sector of the economy and how mm -hmm. that might have potential in West Virginia. There are a whole right. host of other economics uh, research organizations that conduct research like that. And we can develop a pretty good idea whether this industry may have potential in West Virginia or not. But, but ultimately, nobody really knows what will work for our state until an entrepreneur tries it. Wow. Uh, it ultimately all boils down to, in the end, it all boils down to entrepreneurship. And, uh, you know, if, we, if we think this sector has potential, an entrepreneur has to get in there, give it a shot, and an entrepreneurs will really find out what works and what doesn't work for, for the specific economic strengths and weaknesses and challenges and opportunities in each region of West Virginia. It, it ultimately comes down to entrepreneurs have to give it a try in the real world. Uh, you know, with, with, with information from, from academics like me, but I don't, I don't have the final definitive say, right? It, it, right. it exactly. ultimately boils down to an entrepreneurship. So when we think about, I mean, and the next step in this chain of logic is uh, if we want to diversify our economy, one key ingredient in that is actually creating an environment that's healthy and supportive and conducive to small business startup and growth. Mm. That's that's actually the Love next linkage yep. in the chain, right? I mean, we exactly. ha we have to focus on, we have to make a priority. You know, what can we do to make our overall economic climate more supportive to small business startup and growth? Absolutely, great, incredible insight right there, John. I want to take a quick pause here and, and take a, a second just to mention some of our sponsors for Positively West Virginia. They are the State Journal, WVNews.com, Interaction Media, United Bank, and Milan. It's the support we receive from these organizations that allows us to highlight incredible things happening throughout the great state of West Virginia. All right, John Deskins, let's get back to it. So I want to, I want to touch base on that, on that uh, entrepreneurship uh, situation, you know, how how do we instill, um, especially in our young people, uh, this sense of hey, you don't have to leave the state of West Virginia. You can learn here. You can get your education here. You can start something. You can build something really wonderful here. You can build a company. It could be a small business. It could be a medium. It could be a big corporation someday. Just like I think about Mike Pushkar and what you know what he and and uh, Don Panos did at the start of Milan when they first started that company. But can you give us some insight as to, you know, what you think, you know, you talk about the entrepreneurship uh, aspect and, you know, as it relates to that being one of the keys of diversification or potential future for West Virginia, can you talk a little bit about your thoughts on that subject? Yeah, I don't have all the answers there. I don't know exactly what we need to be doing. But I, I mean, just for example, here at WVU, we have a lot of effort that we're putting into entrepreneurship nowadays. For example, we have you know, a, a really nicely developed entrepreneurship program in my college, in the College of Business and Economics here at WVU. 
uh, you know, we're teaching entrepreneurship or emphasizing entrepreneurship much, much, much more than we used to. Yes. Uh, and also we're teaching and emphasizing experiential learning. We're mm-hmm. focusing on, you know, you know, the students come and they take classes and they learn from books and they learn theory in the abstract sense, but we're also focusing a lot more heavily on, you know, once you get to your junior and senior year, we're focusing a lot more on putting you into the actual workplace and giving you, you know, we're working on developing connections with with actual small businesses and mm. putting students in and, and, and letting them apply what they've learned already in a very real-world way. So that way they continue to hone their theoretical understanding, but they also get into the nitty-gritty that's there in the real world. Uh, so we're doing a lot to promote entrepreneurship here at the university. We're also creating uh, you know, small business incubators. Yes. While we are creating spaces right here on campus where if you have a small business, you're just trying to get it off the ground, you're not big enough and you don't have enough money yet to have your own place, uh, we have facilities where we can, can, can loan you. You can come in and say, hey, here's a space mm-hmm. for you. Come here. You have physical space that you can use for your workers, and also you can, um, you know, tap into some of the resources that the university has in terms of expertise in marketing, expertise mm-hmm. in accounting, expertise in finance, uh, expertise in management, human resources, whatever. Uh, so we're trying to lend our own resources, you know, not only to the classroom in the traditional sense, but also to new entrepreneurs who are really getting in there and who might need a little bit of extra coaching, a little bit of extra assistance to to, to push their business forward. I love that. Uh, we're Absolutely. doing, yeah. Well, yep. we're, we're, I mean, we're doing that, but that's, you know, that's only one small part of, I mean, I think what we're doing is great here, but that's only one small part of what we need in the whole state. We need you know, other universities to be doing this as well. And I think certainly some are. I think a lot of people are coming on board with this idea. But, uh, you know, I mean, just when I'm talking about promoting entrepreneurship, I mean, I don't have a real, I don't have a list of, you know, I don't have a checklist. Oh, we need to go out and we need to do A, B, and C. And then all of a sudden we'll have an entrepreneurial climate. Really, I pitch this as though it's a, a guiding principle. Yes. Right? Any, any question around economic development, anytime we're discussing a policy or some, you know, some policy that government may put in place or something like that, uh, you know, the question needs to be asked. Hey, is this doing anything to help Make your place more uh, friendly to small businesses. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you know, yeah. Every discussion in the state capital or in mm. other parts of the state in, in in leadership areas should be focused on, you know, what are we doing today to make this area uh, more attractive to uh, to potential businesses, potential startups. Yep. Um, you know, it's a complicated issue, and, yeah. and 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 certainly it's not a short run issue. It's not something we're going to fix tomorrow, but it's kind of what we need to be focused on for the next, you know, years. Absolutely. I think of, uh, as you're sitting there talking, I think of this great success story, and I think it's a model, in my own humble opinion, I think it's a model of how this works, and it's Jordan Masters. He owns a company called Allegheny Genesis here in uh, in, in Montegalia County. He, he was going to a class. I think he was uh, in, in horticulture uh, department. He was going to a class, and he saw this poster on a bulletin board that said, Business Plan Competition, WVU <laughs> Statewide Business Competition uh, for the business plan. He entered, and he ended up winning $10,000. And here, three years later, he's got this company that he started. He's got employees. He's taking risk, and he's starting this company. And he's, he's selling his products all over the country from right here in Montegalia County in West Virginia. There's a young guy from Lewisburg, West Virginia, who could have left the state, but he decided to stay here, start his own thing. And it's with WVU. It's the College of Business and Economics and all the support that he's gotten that's helped him get that off the ground and being a success. To me, that's like a, a case study, right? 
No, that's that's absolutely right, and I, I'm so proud that that you know originated in this college here <laughs> that I'm very proud to be a part of. Sure. And part of it is, again, this is such a multifaceted issue, but one part is just simply getting people to think about yes. entrepreneurship yes. And, and people to think about the idea of of going on their own and trying something different. I mean, I think. You know, I mean, I'm good friends with you, but I'm not saying this just to brag or just to boost your ego. But I think what you're doing with your podcast actually is is a is a very important element of just simply getting people to think about entrepreneurship as a real option. Yeah. Uh, so, so what you're doing, I think, is one of many important things that we need to be doing to create more of an entrepreneurship uh, ecosystem. Absolutely. So, John, let me let me ask you just kind of a couple of random questions here, but like. A young person, like somebody like Jordan, or somebody who may you know may not be in the in the higher education, but maybe they're out there and have a a trade or something or a skill that they want to bring. What's one piece one piece of advice you would give to somebody who is thinking about uh, starting a company, being an entrepreneur? What's one piece of advice you would give them? Oh boy, let me think about that. Oh gosh, I I should have prepped for this question because this is a <laughs> tough one. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't do it. I didn't do any prep for That's this okay. phone call. That's I'm okay. Sorry. What piece of advice? I mean, boy, it's such a complicated situation. I mean, I could I, I ramble on all day whenever I speak to uh, you know twenty two year olds, advising yep. them on how they should yeah. go about with their career. Sure. Um, I mean, for one thing, just I mean, it's very complicated out there. It's very complex. Um, you know, once I graduated college at age 22, you know, I, I didn't stop learning then, not by any means. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've learned an absolutely tremendous amount since I graduated college at age mm-hmm. 22. Yeah. I mean, I would just say be open-minded, mm-hmm. uh, you know, understand it's a very complex system, be be a lifelong learner, be taking in information constantly mm. uh, to understand your environment, to understand, uh, yeah. you know, how your product uh, fits in the, in the marketplace. Mm. Mm. Um, That's so important. You know, just constantly be open-minded and, and don't ever think that, that you know it all and that you're sure that, that this way is the right way because you're always going to be learning. You're always going to be uh, developing your understanding. Uh, and the economy is always changing. So, absolutely. Uh, you know, absolutely. So, well, I'm, I'm kind of glad you didn't prepare for that because we, you, you hit the nail on the head. And I was hoping you would kind of go there. But, you know, I think, you know, you talk about listening to the market. And I think, you know, one thing that I see you know, on a lot of situations, especially – where people fail is they don't solve a problem. They fail to solve a problem. And that's really the essence of business, right? You have a problem, I have a yeah. solution. And I'm, somebody's going to pay me for that solution, whether it's a product, a service, whatever, right? And so, you know, solving the problem and, that, and listening to the market is, is great advice. I, I love that. John, what's, 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 uh, what's one thing that you do in, in your every day that you think contributes to your your success out there? Oh, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of in a, in a, in a rut here on this lifelong learner thing, but, but I mean, I spend all day reading. Yeah. I mean, uh, I read every, practically every word in the wall street journal every day. I'm constantly mm. reading news online. Mm. Um, I mean, I just, I really like learning. I really like, um, I mean, obviously I'm a professor. I mean, I went to <laughs> school college for, for nine years for God's sake. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm constantly trying to absorb, uh, you know, what I see in the world around me. I'm tr- constantly trying to learn new things. Um, and I think it really makes for a very rich life. And, you know, again, college wasn't the, the end of my learning experience. It was, you know, it, it was just the beginning because Set it helped me learn yeah. how to learn. Absolutely. Um, and, and so, you know, constantly read, constantly mm. try to try to figure out something new. I don't know. 
I think that's important to developing the whole person. I think it's a lot of fun as well. Absolutely. John, what what would you say is uh, one resource that you use in in your day-to-day, you know, is is it software? What what is one resource that you use that you just can't live without? Well, well, I've... I've kind of already alluded to it. I mean, I get all bent out of shape if I don't have the Wall Street Journal every <laughs> single day. Uh, That's kind of geeky, uh, I mean, but if, I like it. <laughs> if, 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 what, geeky, you said? I yeah. Mean, I, 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 yeah, I, I do not deny that. I, I'll tell you that for sure. I, I will not pretend oh, that I'm not a nerd or a geek. I love it. I but love uh, but, but I do get uh, very upset if I don't have my Wall Street Journal. As a matter of fact, I read it in print because I think you absorb more if you read it in print versus so cool. online. But, that is, but uh, that, that is that's not a big deal. I love that. That's that's wonderful. What's uh, what's one book you would recommend for aspiring business people? Oh boy, oh geez, a book that I would recommend. Oh, God. I don't I don't actually read a lot of the typical business books that you encounter. Well, you can say the um, Wall Street Journal if you'd like. <laughs> no, 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 I won't say that. I'll just say this. I'll say, this is this is a book that I will say. Okay. Um, the book is um, it's a book about economics that came out about ten years ago. What's it called? Um, I'm looking on it. I'm looking on my shelf for it here right now. Um, oh, geez, I'm blanking out. Uh, well, here, here's another one. Uh, the book. There's two books, and they are very similar, although they came out about a decade apart. Yeah. Um, but, but the one that I will say is the Armchair Economist. Mm. Uh, it's it's a book that takes economics principles, and it applies those principles to uh, you know questions that you see just in everyday life. Not questions that you might imagine that are traditional economics questions like related to interest rates or monetary policy or trade policy or something like that. But it, t- it takes the economic way of thinking, the economics uh, approach to understanding the world, and it applies that approach to just very simple, mundane, everyday things. And, um, you know, the Armchair Economist, that's, what it, that's, that's the original book in that series. And, uh, you know, when, when you read stuff like that, it really opens your eyes to how economics as a discipline – Mm. can help you understand everything, not just what you think of in the traditional sense surrounding uh, traditional markets. I love it. We'll have on our resource page, if you haven't seen it uh, on Positively WV, go to the resource page, and we have links to every book that every person on the show has recommended. And you can just click it and buy it right on Amazon. So I'll make sure we get that on. Sounds cool. Hey, it it just came to me. Freakonomics is what I was talking about. Freakonomics, I love that. The armchair economist and Freakonomics are both the same idea. Awesome. Uh, But but one came out in the 90s, one came out in the 2000s. Yeah, I, I listen to the Freakonomics podcast on a regular basis, yeah, too. That's pretty good exactly. stuff. Exactly. Pretty good the, stuff. The there, book man. is it's wonderful in showing how broadly applicable the economics way of thinking is. Absolutely. So, John, starting next week on October 3rd, and then you're on, you're like a rock star anyway, in my mind, but you're actually going oh on, the, you're going on tour starting next week, right? <laughs> across the state of West Virginia, bringing the West Virginia Economic Outlook Conference to cities across West Virginia. Can you, can you share a little bit about um, what people could expect from that? Sure. The, these conferences, I think they're really cool. The first one will be um, in Charleston next Wednesday, October 3rd. It yeah. runs all morning from 7.30 to uh, noon. Breakfast is provided. Uh, we start off with we're going to have the president of the Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond, Tom wow. Barkin. Wow. Uh, he's going to come in and he'll speak for the first uh, 50 minutes or so just talking about the national economy. Then I'm going to speak uh, second. I'll speak for about 50 minutes as well 
on the state economy. I'm going to be joined by Mark Mucal from the Department of Revenue. Yeah. I'll talk about the big picture economics numbers. Mark will talk about the revenue situation for the state. Mm. Uh, then we're going to have Bray Carey, a senior advisor to the governor. He's going to talk about what's going on uh, in government, the efforts they're putting forward to promote economic development. Then we're going to have a panel discussion to close the event. Uh, panel discussion is going to be real rock stars in the state uh, who have who, who are going to spend a lot of effort into uh, here's what we can do to fully develop downstream natural gas opportunities. Not just natural gas drilling and exporting, hmm. but what do we need to do? What are the steps that we need to take to, down, to develop downstream manufacturing activities yes. in petrochemicals? Awesome. Um, so it's going to be you know, kind of big picture national, state, economic development efforts at the state government, and then what can we do to develop downstream natural gas potential. It's going to be a really cool se uh, session. Just you know, search for our website, search for WVU Bureau of Business yep. and Economic Research, and there you'll find a link to register. Um, it'll be a great conference, and I hope a lot of people can come out. We always have really good attendance for it. But then, but then after that, uh, the Charleston Conference is October 3rd. Then the following week, we will be in uh, the New River Gorge area in Beckley for a conference down there. Then, geez, I don't have the exact Wheeling. date in my mind. Wheeling then, on October, two week, yeah, October 23rd is in, oh, is in Wheeling. And then good, Fairmont, so November much. 13th, and then November 14th in Martinsburg. And what, what I'm going to do is in our show notes of the podcast and, and on the website, we will have a link where people can register right on there. Just click it, and they don't even have to look anything up. Just click it and go. And I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, Go ahead. I mean, I, what I was going to say is that I've been to several of these, and, and this has been going on since 1994. You've been involved for the last six years or so, right? And uh, Yeah, this is my sixth year. This is their 25th anniversary. I love it, and, it's, and it's, it's awesome. And if you're in business and you're not at this conference, not only are you missing out on great information, but it's also an amazing networking opportunity, too, because you've got like-minded people that are interested in West Virginia business there, and you can uh, network and, and just have a, have a good old time. And, and it doesn't take, you know— but a couple of hours of your day. So I highly encourage you to go check out John Deskins and the team he's assembled. It is a rock, rock show, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> and, you're, and I love the fact that you're going on tour, taking us around the state. I love that. And you're doing awesome things. So John Deskins, PhD, West Virginia University, thank you so much for being on the show, the podcast, Positively West Virginia. Finally, you know, just what's the best way for people to, to, to uh, you know, learn more about you from the website? Sure. Um, I mean, they can email me at john.deskins at mail.wvu.edu. Uh, but but on the WVU College of Business and Economic website, I'm on there, so you can find basic information on there at least about me. And if, if you need anything else, just email me. Yeah, I, I think that's that's excellent. And like I said, I, I'm just uh, happy to know you. And I think you're a real treasure, not only to West Virginia University, but the entire state of West Virginia and the work that you and the rest of your team does. So, so thank you for being on the show. Well, thank you. And thanks for having the specific dates for the conferences. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Well, folks, that's a wrap on another episode of Positively West Virginia. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WVNews.com, Interaction Media, United Bank, and Milan. As we continue on our journey to help share positive stories of companies and people doing amazing things all across the great state of West Virginia, just like John Deskins from West Virginia University, our hope is that we in some way inspire and teach our audience by sharing these success stories throughout our state. If you or someone you know of would love uh, would be a great guest on the show, drop us a line on our website 
PositivelyWV.com. And, of course, we appreciate all the positive notes and feedback on our, on our social media channels and all the words of encouragement. It really does make a difference to me and my team. Of course, we encourage you guys to share those stories on your social media channels, too, as you see them coming out. On behalf of our entire Positively West Virginia team here in Morgantown, until next time, I'm your host, Jim Matuga. 